Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast, your association's no-fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Each week, we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve. Hello, my name is Sherry Budziak, and I'm the host of the Association 4.0 podcast. I am also a co-founder of .org Community and founder and CEO of .org Source, a consultancy to associations. Today, my guest is Sue Hawk. Sue is the executive director of the Colorado Society of Association Executives. Prior to joining CSAE, Sue served as president and CEO of the Colorado Technology Association. Sue has also been part of our .org community consulting team. Sue's extensive experience in association industry combines leadership, collaboration, and a laser focus on priorities. She is an innovator dedicated to organizational transformation and to solving both ongoing and emerging challenges. I'm so excited to have you here, Sue. Um, Welcome and thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Sherry. You know, you and Kevin absolutely have created the map for digital transformation across the country. So I'm just honored to be your guest today. Well, thank you. Um, So, Sue, I'm excited today to talk to you about innovation. Um, It's one of my favorite topics, as you know. And um, so to kind of get started, can you tell me why you think innovation in associations is important and how it's best expressed in long-term and day-to-day activities? Sure. You know, I read uh, Blue Ocean Strategy 15 years ago when it first came out, Mm -hmm. and it absolutely appealed to me because there is this ocean of associations across the U.S. We have, what, 70,000 or more associations across the United States. And and then there's a lot of organizations that operate like associations, like Chambers of Commerce and even the Better Business Bureau where I worked. You know, so I think that associations have been so integral in our community, but that means that they can also become rutted in rooted behavior. And Garth Jordan, who's the CEO at the American Animal Hospital Association, had a really great quote, actually, in something that you wrote, Sherry, and he said that, Um, A lot of this change over the last 10 to 15 years, associations are still among the more risk adverse, a luxury we can no longer afford. And he talked about leaders are beginning to realize that tradition offers no safety. And I think that's why innovation is so important to associations, because we are rooted in tradition. We are rooted in the way that we've always done things. And so it has become like muscle memory instead of figuring out what's next. And a really good friend of mine, her name is Carla Rains. She wrote a book called Differentiated. And I love how she she says, she says, the tired ways are not going to take us in the future. We must create. And so, and I'm quoting these two because I think that those really set the stage for why innovation is so important. I also think that in today's world, we want to be inspired. We want to contribute to the purpose of others. We want to make something happen every single day. And innovation allows us to do that, whether it's really big innovation or whether it's tiny little step-by-step innovation. I think it really matters. 
The other part of your question I just want to answer really quick is, you know, the short term and or the day to day and the long term, obviously long term makes a big difference. But I recently met Angela Kiskis, who runs the Association North Association. And I'll give you this really small little example. Um, She's just full of inspiration and she's done some really great stuff. And what she did is she took her roundtables that we traditionally have called peer to peer and she calls them pure genius. And I thought that was pure genius. And I thought that's the kind of stuff that is in day to day that really helps us create some innovation. And it, and what it does is, and I know people on your podcast can't see it, but you just smiled. And so did I. And so when you get that kind of emotion from people about something small that just makes such a big difference, that then begets more innovation, which begets more purpose, which begets more inspiration, which begets bigger results. And so I think innovation is at the core of everything. That's great. So what what are you seeing or how do you think many associations are cultivating innovation across their teams? Well, you know, um, I will say that I think Mm -hmm. that it starts at the top and it starts with little things. So it's saying, hey, have we tried this? Hey, have we tried that? So sometimes it's just opening up the gates to say it's okay, having a champion that creates, right? So it's just like with what you and Kevin have created. You have created a culture of inspiration and leadership. The other thing is I think that that associations need to cultivate innovation by just saying, here's my goals. Like, so if everybody is aligned with what the purpose is, I think that really matters. How you get there sometimes doesn't matter as much as, you know, getting there. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of associations, you know, we've had to, we've had to be rooted in process. And sometimes yeah. process is the enemy of innovation because it's A, B, C, D, very important. But I think sometimes innovation is like A to O. Yep. <laughs> right. So it can be it can A to be. O and then back to C. And <laughs> yeah. And so we have to be willing to kind of traverse through all of that. And I think the other answer to that is I think how associations cultivate is I also think they have to have a whole brain effect and a whole brain team. So people who are very process and detail oriented and people who think really big and people who inspire each other and people who challenge each other and people who get jazzed. I think you have to have that whole brain approach to really create that culture. Yeah, that's that's a great point, Sue. Um, So I guess my next question is what can associations do to promote innovation, um, an innovative environment, and what should they stop doing that prevents them from from innovation happening? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I think the most important thing in promoting it is finding champions. And they can be influencers. They don't necessarily have to be the leaders. So, you know, we've all done all those models about finding the true influencers in an organization. And I think associations really need to do that both with their staff as well as their membership. And, and it does have to start with big champions, whether it is, you know, the board chair, the president or whomever that is. And I think they need to show support. I think they also need to model behavior and they need to build inspiration And I think that, you know, that then helps build innovation. I think people also need to be willing to test things out. And if they fail, fail fast. So 
Um, Todd Olheiser, who's my board president, has said that many times, and I just think it's so smart because he's so willing to support new ideas, but he also knows that sometimes maybe those new ideas aren't happening quite the right way. Well, then yeah. be willing to abandon or shift or evolve and then go to something different. You don't have to do it for a whole year if it's not working at all. I think the thing that um, what stops innovation from happening um, I hate to say it in this way, but it's Debbie Downers, <laughs> you know, yeah. people who who are really not inspired and who are, you know, trying to uh, almost like pull back on anything new. You know, this is the way we've done it. And I feel comfortable and and we're rooted in this tradition. Those are all very important values. I think in the world of innovation, we need people that are willing to think a little differently, maybe people who are willing to operate a little differently. We also need to figure out how far can we extend that boundary of change. And every organization is different. You know this yeah, really well, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. so we have to figure out what are those boundaries? How far can we push it? And how far can we move? I think that's really important. I also think the last little thing I'll just say is we have to think big. We absolutely have to think big because in this world today, I think, and especially post-COVID, we have had to be flexible. We've had to pivot. I know that's a you know overused word, but we've had to do all of that. And at the same time, we've learned that people move very quickly. So yes, COVID was very tough, no question. But look at the advancements. Now our members are expecting all of that. And our customers are the ones that decide what matters. And so in post-COVID, we have to really figure out what matters to them and be willing to try new things or deliver what is really mattering, you know, what really matters to them. Yeah, and I had a thought as you were talking about champions and champions on the board, um, but also sometimes like when we're working on projects that there's major change happening, we try to find those people that, as you said, kind of have that influence. They're, they're influencers, and it doesn't even matter what level that they're on, and how can you use them to get people to kind of work in the same direction, collaborate, like I said, be innovative, and also be a little risk, you know, take, take a little more risk without feeling that, you know, if they fail, you know, failure is okay. And so that takes a lot of change for a lot of organizations. Cause you, as you said, everybody's kind of at, at a different level. Um, so as a kind of a follow-up, I guess, you know, seeing you as a leader and, and, you know, how do you help your teams think creatively and especially as a newer CEO, um, how are you encouraging that? You know, it's day by day, <laughs> um, seriously. And 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 again, every organization is very different. And, and I'm going to use just as an example. So um, when I uh, went to the tech association, it was actually called the Colorado Software and Internet Association. Isn't that a great way? Yeah. <laughs> we, we changed it pretty quickly to CSIA and we were very little, but I was so fortunate because I found people that really believed that we wanted to build the tech industry in Colorado. And at the time, Colorado was not seen as a tech industry. So what I really benefited from is, you know, I found these inspiring leaders and then our teams, which at that time I was it, and it was just all volunteers, 
we just really had to think big, but I got people who really knew what they were doing and could inspire. So it wasn't just me saying, hey, I think we can do this. It was the people that, you know, that were influential and the people that were aspirational that thought they could. Um, and then I just, you know, catapulted as many people as I possibly could and thanked them and recognized them. And, and really, it was all with authenticity, but I really wanted them to know that I so appreciated their big thinking. And that really helps move forward a team. In an organization like CSAE, we've been around 50 plus years. Mm -hmm. um, the woman that was the former executive director had been there almost 25 years, and she did such an amazing job, and people were so aligned with her. So I respect all of that. And the idea is to figure out the next chapter, not to do away with what got us here, but to add the chapter. And now what we're trying to do is help you know, all of our teams really think about how can we do this differently? You know, what next should we do? We've used some data, you know, and, and we're pretty little, but we did do a membership survey and we got a lot of really good information and insight from our members. And so we're using that data because, and, and that helps people think creatively. I think the other thing is sometimes people just need to be inspired and every day it's all about, you know, how can we do this and what should we be doing? And, hey, have you seen this? You know, I think getting people excited about what's next is really what you can do with teams. And not, not everybody is going to be a part of that. And that's OK, because they also help us think about what's going to, you know, what's going to go wrong or what wouldn't work with that. So they can help me with that whole brain piece that we talked about before. Yeah, sure. So. Sue, when we inspire creativity, how can we ensure that it results in an innovative product or service or initiative? It's a great question, Sherry. I think we need to have alignment of goals, number one. You know, what are we after? And, and then parameters, timeline, deadline, budget, whatever that might be, and just create the infrastructure so that people understand what the expectations are. And then I think we need to follow some very key principles. And I'm actually going to quote you because you did an article in August and you talked about establishing trust, collaboration and building confidence, using losses to build strength and creating synergy. And the reason I point those out, it's not just because I'm on a podcast with you, but that's really true. When you establish that trust, then when we imagine creativity, it's because people believe in what the goals are. It, it, you know, when we state our goals and we say, and here's what our budget is, or here's what our timeline is, do we all agree with that? Like, do you, you know, is does that make sense? And if people say no, then it's going to be wobbly from the very beginning. But if we have people say, yep, that absolutely makes sense. And then we figure out that collaborative piece and we figure out what could we do and, you know, what maybe we shouldn't then it really does build that confidence. And I think allowing people to have a few mistakes here and there, or you know, having something that's not a complete rocket science winner, then maybe it, you know, that builds even more teamwork and then you create that synergy and it gets there. I think pure creativity just for creativity's sake is great in hobbies. I think in association work, we have to have it aligned with goals and we have to have some kind of trajectory and direction in order to make sure that everybody just, you know, is, is aligned in the same way. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so I'm curious, so do you have examples of association innovators or innovations that you can think of? Well, I do actually have a couple of oh, them. Um, and, and I'm going to I'm, I'm going to recall a couple of things that we did at the Tech Association. I just haven't been at CSAE long enough to give you some great examples, yeah, but sure. I know they're going to happen. But at the Tech Association, I had a fellow by the name of John Oshel, who had been a CIO at Johnson & Johnson. He moved from New Jersey to Colorado, and he really wanted to make a difference. And I, I was lucky enough to get some time with him, and we started talking about his vision. And what he did for us is as a chair, he said, you got to think really big people. Let's think really big. And he always talked about how let's, you know, shoot for the moon and the stars, not Wyoming and we're <laughs> in Colorado. Right. So I loved how he always helped us really think big. And I, I, and this is really a true story. I was walking around, this is years ago, but Meg Whitman was running eBay and she happened to be on the cover of Fortune magazine. And I, I just had, I had the magazine and I kept saying, hey, who knows her? We should create an event and it should be all about technology and innovation. And who knows her? Cause I want her as my speaker. And darn if we didn't find someone who had a house next to her, who had brunch with her every Sunday morning, who said, I'll bring her in. And they did. And she was amazing. I did the same thing when Google was really big in Colorado and they had just opened up a big office. We wanted to create, again, another big event. And um, so I started just asking, who knows someone at Google? And one of my members here in Colorado said, you know, I went to school with Tim Armstrong, who's a VP at Google. He and I went to Harvard together. And this was a guy who, you know, did some amazing technology companies. We had no idea. So he talked to Tim. Tim said yes. Google said yes. Then by the time the event happened, Tim was promoted to president of North America for Google. So Tim had his own jet, you know, like, <laughs> he, and so he brought all these other executives to Colorado one night and literally flew in for the keynote one night and then flew back to Cal. He was actually going back to California. And it was absolutely amazing that someone here in Denver could give us access to someone like that. Well, you can just imagine about, you know, all that happened because we had Tim Armstrong from Google coming to speak. So my point in that is, you know, those are some, those are some events that we did that was pretty innovative. We, you know, again, at the Tech Association, we did another innovation where we were really trying to get more CIOs to use Colorado companies. You know, a lot of them were service providers. Sure. And CIOs don't have time for 365 breakfasts every day or every yeah. year. And so we created an event called Sea Level at a Mile High. It's a play on words, C hyphen level. And the idea was to get CIOs the opportunity to be exposed to and meet, you know, a thousand people that wanted to sell to them. So we created all these different layers. We created a silent auction so you could bid on an hour of time with the CIOs in the future. It created a huge amount of business and it actually generated one third of our entire operating revenue for the year. Off of this wow. event. Well, now that's, you know, I mean, that was pure, I'll just say it was a blessing and it was luck and it was strategy. And that'll probably never happen again in my lifetime. It was so on top of the radar. And it was magical to see all these CIOs doing business. 
the other example that I'll give you is I really think that um, Stephen Stout that runs the Texas um, Society of Association Executives, he's really doing some really great stuff with innovation. And it's and it's really a different it's making a big difference with CEOs of associations. And he's he's doing programming and he's doing work that's really attracting their attention. And I think that's the other piece of innovation is figure out your target market and then what's really going to attract their attention and what's going to be something that they never expected. What's going to be something that they really need. So you don't have to pull them in. They gravitate towards you. Sure. Sure. So sometimes, you know, Sue boards are actually a stumbling block to change, you know, especially when there's is a fear of less than stellar results. Um, So what do you think leaders can do to help their volunteers become more open to new initiatives and like some of the examples that, that you just talked about? I think it goes back, Sherry, to champions. I think you have to have champions inside of organizations. And it's not just the, you know, the main staff person. It's also volunteers and board members. And to your point, you know, I think boards and volunteers you know, they all have their own, um, their own sphere of understanding and, and they have their own, you know, experiences. And sometimes those, you know, they're real and I respect those and you have to listen to them to find out what really matters. And then you have to find people that are champions to help get people moving. Um, I'm going to quote another author. So Mike Stimple wrote a book called Innovation, Innovating Innovation. And Mike is a longtime friend of mine, serial entrepreneur, and he has a really great quote. He said, inspiration leads to hope. Hope leads to courage. Courage replaces fear. Mm. And I think that is so true in membership associations, because I think we have, you know, at CSAE, we have amazing members. Some of them have been members for 20 years. Some of them have been members for two days. They all have a sphere of understanding and they all have, you know, some shared experiences and some individual experiences, and they're all very right. What we have to do is we have to figure out how to just kind of release those fears and get people excited about what's next and be willing to have communications and build relationships with each other so they can talk about it. And then I think those champions come back in and they support those that are really doing a great job like crazy. And then we work with anybody that's, you know, that's uncertain or fearful or, you know, or, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? Um, and just really respect and listen to what they have to say. And, and, and again, where their mind is so that we can bring everything forward. But I love Mike's quote, because I think that inspiration to hope and hope to courage and courage replacing fear is so true. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So oh, how do you think technology enhances our ability to innovate? Well, it's kind of back in that very beginning when we were talking about that step by step by step, right? So a process of A, B, C, D, E is wonderful if you have the time and many times it's very necessary. Technology uh, speeds up all of that. It doesn't take it away. Speed It speeds up efficiency. It literally clones the capability that people can have. I think it's critical for innovation because if we're not doing the mundane step-by-step 
um, work, then we're able to innovate a little bit more. I think the other thing is that um, digital um, transformation and all of the work that technology can do for associations has helped us become smarter. It's helped us it's helped us notice information much better. It's helped us connect the dots and create trends. And I think it's also really important because it, it accelerates our speed to the result. And without technology, you know, we'd still be working on something and people would get bored. Yeah, yeah. Right? So what are the new technology developments that are on your radar that you think can help associations evolve? You know, I think multimedia content um, with an emphasis on stories is really important. I think we are all learning that video matters, podcasts matter, um, all of the sort of, you know, we have to use all of our senses. What can we see? What can we hear? And then also what can we feel? I think that matters. And if, if our multimedia content can really help create emotion for people, I think that that moves people to a call to action. Um, I I will say I'm new to this online communities. I'm really a big believer. We have a company here in town called Civica and Don Knox, who's one of the, he owns it and he's one of the people with Kim Gill who runs Civica and he has really helped me understand online communities. And, you know, Personify is one of the software platforms that can be used. It's really interesting how it has and these are his words, it has really created like a Facebook inside membership communities. And you've done that too. You and Kevin have done all kinds of digital transformations for associations. So I think that's important. I'm also a big learner about AI. I think AI mm-hmm. and chatbots are helping us with everything from conference experiences to just you know the, the general user questions. I think now that they have been able to adapt to more conversational language, I think it comes across less as a chat box and more as a, a help. I think AI has helped us refine conference programming. So, you know, if it can collect data on on sessions and help us understand what education is working, yay. I think AI tracking platforms are really important. I think on the marketing side, it's really helping us understand what people are looking at, what people gravitate towards. It's also helping us make suggestions all along the way. And then, uh, you know, I just think some of the technology that the different software platforms are doing are really helping us. And again, I'll use Personify. Um, You know, we, you know, we at CSAE use Nailer. We also use a variety of other different companies. I think member clicks and we're not there. We use a different database. But I think all of those are really important as we look forward. And some of them are just helping with the basic framework. It's, It's not necessarily you know, the coolest new thing. I'll also say, Sherry, I think virtual reality has become really, really interesting. And I was talking to a company here in Denver and they're actually using it to help people understand um, children of Alzheimer's patients. Hmm. And the simple explanation is the woman who founded it, her mom couldn't see off out of her left eye. And so she had dementia and Alzheimer's and she had a few health issues, but she couldn't see out of her left eye. So she would only eat the food on the right side of her plate. And her daughter couldn't understand why. And so she started looking into virtual reality and, and she can just put on goggles and she only sees the right side of her world. Now, all of a sudden she completely understands why her mom resonated to people on the right side or responded 
you know, to people who were talking on her right side, not her left side, because we hear through our eyes, right? We, you know, and we acknowledge oftentimes with what we see, not necessarily with all what's going on. So I think with associations, I think we can learn from a lot of other industries. And I think we can learn from a lot of other people outside of our industry about how to really make our associations resonate. And, you know, it's back to that customer. And Carla Rain said it. She said, your customer decides what matters. And what we have to do is figure out with imagination and innovation, how can we make a big difference with them? How can we make it so that they absolutely want to be engaged with us, not have to be? Yeah, that's great. Um, That's some good thoughts around that too. That's very interesting about the, um, you know, the example that you just gave, I'm just now, now sitting here thinking about it. So um, anyway, I'll move on. Um, well, as and, you, and yeah. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but on the virtual reality part, I mean, I had never even thought about how it could be applied in healthcare. Yeah. Well, you know, um, you know, listening to her talk about her mom, that's why she invented it is because she really wanted people who are who are healthcare providers to understand how people see or how people sense. I'll also say that a really good friend of mine runs the Blind Institute of Technology and his whole mission in life is to help people who are visually impaired get jobs. He has helped me think in so many different ways. And thankfully, you know, he's he's so receptive and he's so fun, but it made me think differently. And I think we in associations need to seek outside our association worlds to really be inspired yeah. and to help sometimes solve our problems. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think are the biggest challenges and opportunities for associations in the coming years? I think understanding our competition is the probably the most yeah. important thing, right? Um, yeah. And it's something that you and Kevin talk about all the time. I go back to Garth Jordan's quote that we talked about that was in your piece. I think, you know, competition is how someone can spend their time or resources. So it means everything in the world is a competitor to associations. You know, right. and I don't mean to be mm-hmm. so simple, but you know, how people spend their time and resources. And if they say, you know, this doesn't sound interesting, they're just being honest. So how can we make it? I think the other thing that's a big challenge is associations have a great deal of wonderful tradition and wonderful ways, which is great, and but it's muscle memory. Instead of stretching our wings and figuring out what's next, figuring out how we could differentiate ourselves. Um, I also think that COVID made us change a lot. And if there's a silver lining, we have had to adapt to hybrid and Zoom. And wow, isn't that great? Because now it doesn't matter geography. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday morning who lives in Peru. And we're just talking, you know, it's late night for her and it's, you know, morning for me. Okay, well, isn't that great? Because I'm having a conversation with her just like she was next door. And I think associations need to seize the opportunity. And I also think they need to view things in big ways. So back to a you know opportunity and a challenge. I think we need to think about things that are big and like 10x, not little incremental 10%. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that's not important. But again, I go back to Mike Stimple. I'm going to give 
credit where credit's due, you know, he's a serial entrepreneur and he really talks a lot about you got to think big and you got to think about how to make a big change. And then it's amazing how people then continue on. Um, you know, they want to follow that path. They want to be a part of that magnetic pull of excitement. So my last question, Sue, for you today is who are the leaders today that you admire most and why? I know you're connected with a lot of people and oh my gosh. have probably a lot of <laughs> different you know, thoughts, but I'm just curious if you have any to share. I, you know, Indira Gandhi and Condoleezza Rice <laughs> and, um, you know, um, others, you know, just inspire me like crazy. But I'll tell you that current leaders that I'm really looking at right now are people that I know. Um, and there's a woman who runs Craig Hospital. Her name is Jandel Allen Davis. She is absolutely by far one of the most inspiring leaders I have ever been a part of. And I've never worked for her. I've just worked around her. And watching how people respond to her, it's because she creates trust. She creates respect. She creates, she creates confidence. She just really listens to people. When, when you're in a conversation with her, it's as if there is no one else in the world. And she may only have a minute, but I just love that kind of leadership. I will say that John Nordmark, who runs a company called Iterate.ai, he started eBags. Um, he's one of my favorite, and he's, you know, I had a lot of really great people that I worked with at the Tech Association, but he's one of my favorite because that man is so resilient and he's so smart, but has no idea that he is. Like there is, you know, he, he, honestly doesn't understand how smart he is. And I have watched him lead huge corporations and big pushes. And then he's been willing, you know, to come after a reception and go get sandwiches at 11 o'clock at night to help with name badges for an event. There's just something about that servant leader that I really follow. So those are some to just name a couple, but I have a whole list of people that I- I'm sure you do. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure you do. That's great. Well, Sue, this has been great uh, hearing from you today. Um, you've had some great advice and and thoughts from others that shared in the books. It's been just been wonderful. So I want to thank our listeners, um, and I hope that they've enjoyed this as much as I have. Um, but if somebody wants to contact you or hear more about um, CSAE, um, how can they get in contact with you? Oh, thank you so much, Sherry. My email is shawk, sounds like shock, S-H-A-W-K at C-S-A-E dot org. Or if you just want to go check out the website, C-S-A-E dot org. And Sherry, thank you so much because you are truly one of those inspirational leaders. And it's just been an honor to be on your podcast. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I know you're extremely busy and um, it's great uh, hearing from you. And and um, and I, I'm sure everybody has enjoyed it as much as I have. So I appreciate it. And um, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Sherry. Have a great rest of your day. You too. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com 
to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.